0: This is Audio Immunity, a podcast about our body's never-ending fight with the outside world. Hi, and welcome to Audio Immunity. I'm Kate, and this is my Minnesota for the month. And this month, I wanted to talk about some advances that are being made in developing a vaccine for Ebola. I think in a future episode, the three of us will come together and we'll probably discuss some of the vaccine candidates that are making their way into human trials. But I wanted to focus on a paper that's just looking at a new candidate in a macaque model. And so this paper was just published a few hours ago in Science Express. And the title of the paper is an Ebola whole virus vaccine is protective in non-human primates. And it comes out of Yoshihiro Kawaioka's lab, who has published some papers that we've covered before in audioimmunity. And the first authors on this paper are Andrea Marzi and Peter Halfman. So this vaccine candidate is called whole virus. So, so what this means is that the virus is grown in cell culture and inactivated and then injected into um, an animal or human as a vaccine. So these are, these are vaccine candidates that we use pretty commonly. It's the way that we make influenza uh, viral vaccine, mumps and measles vaccines, and the smallpox vaccines. This approach is interesting because in previous work with Ebola, whole virus candidates were ineffective um, at protecting from uh, Ebola virus replication. And so in this study, um, instead of inactivating the virus like they did in previous studies, they made a replication-incompetent virus. And so this means that the virus on its own is missing a protein that it needs in order to infect the cells. And so the way they did it was they deleted a protein called VP30, which is Important for coordinating the expression of proteins in the virus. So without this protein the virus can't uh, replicate in a cell and it can't make you sick. So there's a couple of reasons for using this sort of vaccination strategy One reason, which I think is as good as any reason, is that it's worked in the past. Like I said, we've had vaccines made this way before. Another reason to use the whole virus in a vaccination strategy is we don't actually know which part of the virus is the most important for training the immune system to making a response. So some viruses, we know that just a particular subunit of that virus is enough to make a protective response against the virus. But in this case, we don't actually know which piece is the best. So when you put the whole virus in the vaccine, it allows the macaque to make a response based on everything that would normally be expressed during an Ebola infection. There is a caveat to this in that if you vaccinate with too many antigens, You might dilute your response and thus make the vaccine ineffective. So when they made this virus, they tested to make sure that there were no revertants so that they weren't actually injecting live Ebola virus into their monkeys because that would not be the best sort of vaccination. They sequenced the virus. They saw that the deletion was still present, and then they tested the virus by plaque, That is when you take dilutions of virus, you put them in cell culture, and you you ask them whether or not you can see any cell death. And so there's like a small circle of uh, cell clearing in a plate that you can see, usually by eye, but you can also use a microscope. And so they saw that their replication-incompetent Ebola virus was not able to replicate. It was still um, what they thought they were working with. So interestingly, not only did they test their replication-defective virus, They also took that same replication defective virus and treated it with hydrogen peroxide, which will inactivate the rest of the protein in the virus, so it definitely will not replicate. And so you can see, is some small activity of the virus still necessary for the vaccine potential, or can we inactivate the virus completely with hydrogen peroxide and then take out any fears of revertence in the future? So the last vaccine candidate that they look at is the whole virus that was inactivated by gamma irradiation. And this is the vaccine candidate that has failed in the past and is the reason why we didn't look into this sort of vaccination strategy since then. And so the way that this virus is inactivated is that it's treated with a high dosage of gamma irradiation, just like the Hulk. Okay. They had their three different candidates. They had their defective virus just grown out of cell culture. They had their defective virus that they inactivated with hydrogen peroxide. And then they had whole Ebola virus that was activated by gamma irradiation. So I really like the inclusion of the gamma-rated Ebola virus that failed in previous studies because now we can use this as a comparison to this other vaccine candidate and see, does it make the same sort of immune responses or is there a different immune response that the new vaccine candidate makes that this gamma-radiated vaccine candidate didn't make and we can now say, this is the correlate protection, this is why a vaccine against Ebola will work. Or you know what, all these viruses failed, and they all failed in a new and different way. Um, So I I think this gives us a, a nice jumping off point to start a real comparison. So this also takes out the question of, well... In this study, this vaccine candidate didn't work, and we think it's for this reason. And then in another study, well, it was slightly different. So this takes out all the different variables. So you have one study, and you test all the different candidates, and you can directly compare them, which is a much more useful comparison to make than having to put in different caveats. So they took their three candidates, and they injected them all four weeks before their challenge with Ebola virus. And then two weeks after that, they injected them again and so in one group of monkeys they actually only injected them once with a replication defective virus and i think the reason why they did this was they wanted to see if the efficacy of just one shot would be enough so if you're trying to do a mass rollout of vaccination your ideal candidate you would only have to give one shot you wouldn't have to follow up with anyone you, can, you don't have to keep track of people and see, have they had one shot, have they had two shots? And so this, this would be your most ideal rollout strategy, very similar to what we do with the flu vaccine. I mean, if you think about it, it's hard enough just to get people in for one flu shot. Think about the... The logistics of having to get everyone in for two. After they vaccinated all the monkeys, they then challenged them with a lethal dose of Ebola virus. And so the way that they did it was they challenged the monkeys with a slightly different Ebola virus. So you know there are many different types of Ebola virus that are circulating, and the best vaccine is going to protect against at least a couple of them so you don't have to keep making different vaccines for the different strains of Ebola. Um, so they took these monkeys, they injected them with a slightly different but lethal dose of Ebola, and then they looked at their viral titers um, over the next couple days, and then uh, tracked if if they progressed to disease. So in the mock animals, all of the all the animals um, succumbed to Ebola infection and were euthanized after seven or eight days. Now in the group of monkeys that were injected twice with the either replication-defective vaccine or the replication-defective vaccine that was treated with hydrogen peroxide to inactivate it both of those groups of monkeys were completely protected. Now, in the monkeys that only received the single shot of replication-defective Ebola, they were not protected from virus replication, but none of those monkeys died. And again, in the gamma-irradiated vaccine that had failed in previous studies, also failed to protect in this study. Now that we have this vaccine that worked in the macaques, Kawaoka's group then looked at how the immune responses of the monkeys differed before they were injected with Ebola. One of the most important ways that they did this was they looked at the antibody titers to the Ebola virus glycoprotein. And so in the defective virus and the hydrogen peroxide inactivated virus, there were very high titers to the glycoprotein of Ebola, so that's the outer protein. And when they tested the effectiveness of these antibodies, the defective virus was the best, had the had the most effective antibodies, so the antibodies were the most powerful at stopping a virus from entering the cell, so we call those neutralizing antibodies. The the animals that received only the single shot of the defective virus, they had the next best effective antibodies, and then the hydrogen peroxide-fixed virus also had high levels of neutralizing antibody titer. However, in the gamma-inactivated virus, there were very low to no titers of antibody um, to to the glycoprotein of Ebola, and also there was no effective neutralization that was made. So what we can say about this vaccination strategy is that the vaccine that was protective made antibodies to the Ebola glycoprotein, and the vaccine candidate that was not protective did not do this, and so this is what we call a correlate of protection. We're not saying 100% 100% the antibody is the reason why this vaccine was protective, but we do say that the presence of these antibodies correlated with protection. The last figure that they show in this paper I thought was actually very interesting. I think they ask and answer one of the more interesting questions that comes up here. Why would a gamma-radiated Ebola virus be less effective than an hydrogen peroxide-inactivated Ebola virus, vaccine. What they hypothesize is that gamma radiation damages the Ebola virus protein so much that all the antibodies that are made against that protein can't actually recognize real Ebola virus protein. Essentially, it's like you took an apple and you bashed it in with a baseball bat and then you gave it to someone and you said, go find me an apple. They probably aren't gonna come back with like a shiny red apple that doesn't have any bruising on it. So you're giving the immune system the wrong antigen to train under. However, they thought maybe the hydrogen peroxide inactivated virus is able to maintain its shape better. And so when you train the immune system on it, it can then recognize a real Ebola virus and stop that infection. And so the way that they looked at this is they took gamma-irradiated Ebola virus and then activated hydrogen peroxide and activated Ebola virus. And they treated them with a panel of different antibodies. And so they basically measured how well antibodies that recognize normal Ebola virus can recognize the gamma-inactivated Ebola virus or the hydrogen peroxide-treated Ebola virus. And so it's kind of like flipping the question a little, but I think you still are getting at the same sort of data that you want. And what they saw was that in four of these 19 antibodies that they tested, four of them could uh, recognize the hydrogen peroxide-treated Ebola virus, but could not recognize the gamma-irradiated Ebola virus. This is further interesting because the antibody recognition for the other 15 was pretty similar. And so this might actually tell us what exactly about the Ebola virus is important to see for the immune system to see in order to um, eradicate the infection. So if you want this paper, you can read it for yourself. The paper is uh, open access on Science Express. And thank you for listening.